0: Hey Travelers, just stopping by to let you know that this episode that you are about to listen to is one of our older ones, and we were going through some growing pains at this time. But if you would like to start from where we consider our newest era of quality, I would go ahead and jump to episode 54, The American Bigfoot. Either way, enjoy Travelers. It's the infinite rabbit hole, everybody. My name is Jeremy and I'm your host. If this is the first episode that you're listening to today, stop what you're doing. Go listen to the first episode that was dropped today. Yes, that's right. We dropped two episodes on the Jersey Devil. The first episode, we kind of touched a little bit. We got into our feels about the one year anniversary of our podcast, which is today. The 27th of August will be our one-year anniversary. We we, we talked about the history a little bit, about the people who helped us along the way. We got into our feels. CJ cried a little bit. CJ also had a really big announcement. And we kind of touched base with uh, Jake and Andrew as well. If you guys are are looking at the titles of these episodes and you're seeing one is the story of the Jersey Devil and one is sightings, and you're like, oh, I just want to know the sightings, I beg you, go check out the one with the story. I did a lot of work into it. The story is really good. I dived deep and I can almost guarantee that I've provided some sort of information that you haven't heard before as I dug really, really deep into some really awesomely written books uh, by some really good authors. And I really jumped into the rabbit hole for that one. Uh, But like I said, and like the title of this episode says, we're going to get into some Encounter stories of the Jersey Devil. Now, if you did listen to the last episode, we kind of ended it with the idea that the Jersey Devil doesn't exist. The story was fabricated by means of a religious and political debate between Titan Leeds and Benjamin Franklin over their almanacs and mm, slimy ass Benjamin Franklin kind of. Said some shit about Titan Leeds calling the <laughs> devil, and because people were super, super, superstitious <laughs> back in the day, they said, "Well, I'm not going to buy this man's uh, so neck so anymore," so and ruined the entire life and family tree of that entire family. Uh, so, great job, Benjamin Franklin. You're a dick.
1: Founding father. Founding father.
0: Founding father, Benjamin Franklin. You know what's wrong with him? It's because he was... Pro- he, he probably... If if he was around when the NFL uh, was around, he probably would have been an Eagles fan. And that's probably where the uh, issue happened.
1: Whoa, 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 whoa. It's not like we threw rocks and soda cans at uh santa, santa claus yes, you did i i said it's not like we did that and snowballs i mean who does that to santa anyway cj you he were a dick something? he was a dick
2: i said could you imagine ben franklin in a cod lobby <laughs> fuck you ben dick <laughs> i swear it wasn't me it was this, Why is he Mario? Get the fuck out of his, here! Who
0: this dog?
3: Have you never heard people from Philadelphia talk?
0: No, bro, because I don't. I don't like the Eagles.
3: Yeah, that one. Uh, <laughs> that one Mark Wahlberg movie where he's like trying out for the Eagles, right? <laughs> oh, that's Jesus. how they all talk. That guy. It, it sounds like he's
1: talking <laughs> from Boston. Uh, all right, you think that's enough for upkeep? Yeah, we did good, right?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, You know what we forgot to do on the first episode? Harass Jake. No, we forgot to do the the plugs for like the social media and everything. No, we it's recorded
3: plugged. that, right? We yeah, sent
0: we,
2: all that stuff yeah. to. Oh, uh, I didn't. Oops. Anyways,
3: wow. And, yeah, that's why I haven't edited it yet and been like, "Hey, I put the new thing because nobody because I you didn't gotta, to you know gotta
0: remind Jeremy. me, man. I'm doing all these other things. I, was man, doing I sent all mine,
3: things. mine to Jeremy or I sent mine to CJ the first day. He yeah, did. And I researched the Drew's Devil. Oh. oh. Whoa. It's not Jersey Devil <laughs> isn't going to help people get to our Twitter and Instagram. <gasps> Jeremy looked at a stupid cryptid,
0: <laughs>
3: an obviously Anyways. fake cryptid.
0: All right, well, let's <laughs> jump into the sightings of this stupid fake cryptid. <laughs> and I we'll, uh, actually, on a serious note, there is some really good stuff here. On the surface, the Jersey Devil looks like bullshit. You know, I'm not going to lie. This is one of my favorite cryptids, and it's not necessarily because I believe in it. It's more of the historical value because uh, if you had listened to the episode prior to this one, uh, that whole spat between Titan Leeds and Benjamin Franklin, uh, there are a lot of people, a lot of historians, that say that Titan Leeds was so prominent in the politics of the time that if Benjamin Franklin hadn't uh, labeled him the devil, that he very well could have been a founding father either instead of or with Benjamin Franklin. Uh, So the history of of the United States could have looked a lot different if it weren't for the Jersey Devil. So that's why I really like the Jersey Devil is because it has a lot of historical value, not necessarily because I believe in it. I'm not saying I do, but I'm not saying I don't. Are the sightings that I, I I'm doing? That's all. I put them all in uh, chronological order, and we're going to start off with the with Vince Warner for October 1790.
2: Wait one second before you start, Jeremy. I think mm-hmm. we should also state the person's blood alcohol level who saw the Jersey Devil as well. On this sighting, for all the sightings, uh, I don't have that information. Uh, we, can, we, can, we can probably guess
0: let's 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 play a game while we do this i'll say the sighting and you guys give me a blood
2: alcohol level sound fun grew up with um uh, grew up with my dad i can probably guess pretty well let's do it
0: <laughs> jeez all right vince larner october 1790 on record as the earliest documented sighting of the of the jersey devil when his journal was found after his death An entry outlined his encounter with a creature in the Pine Barrens that was unknown to him. The entry was in the October section of his journal, and I quote it. It was neither beast nor man nor spirit, but a hellish brew of all three. It was beside a pond when I came upon it. I stopped and did not move. Nay, I could not move. It was dashing its tail to and fro in the pond and rubbing its horns against a tree trunk. It was as large as a moose with leathery wings. It had cloven hooves as big round as an oak's trunk. After it was through with the tree, it yielded an awful scream as if it were a pained man and then flew across the pond until I could see it no more. Now, he never mentioned the encounter to anyone during his life, nor did he name the Leeds or Jersey Devil in the journey entry just simply
1: that it was a beast. So what do you guys think? Is his ex-wife
3: or his mother-in-law?
1: I'm going to go with 0.09. I'm
2: going with 0.09 as well. Hmm, That's not very high.
1: I was going to say, that's a... Well, I, I feel like he was uh, sobering up, so by the time they got to him, like it already ran through his system, but still above the legal amount that he couldn't drive sensibly. Like he would definitely at seven
3: at seventeen ninety he
1: couldn't yeah. drive. I mean a horse horse court. <laughs> yeah. His <Yeah>. buggy.
3: <laughs> I don't think they had alcohol limits back in seventeen ninety. I think it was just wing it and go for it.
2: It was actually really common to just basically drink whiskey from sun up to sundown back then because it was uh, sterile. What a life.
3: <laughs> Man.
2: <laughs> All right. So
0: my next sighting is uh, one of the most famous. Actually, I think the next two. Uh, let me double check. Yep. The next two are probably the most famous people that have ever laid eyes on the Jersey Devil. Commodore Stephen Decatur of the United States Navy
2: in 1819. For a minute, I thought you were about to say Kanye West. And I was like, I believe it. <laughs>
0: In May of 1819, President James Monroe tasked Naval Commodore Stephen Decatur to inspect and test cannonballs and other weapons munitions factories in the Pine Barrens that were billeted to be used for military operations. And once they were finished with their investigation, they would report directly back to President Monroe immediately. Theories were built about this mission that President Monroe sent such a high-ranking officer and infantrymen into the Pine Barrens to actually investigate the sightings of the Leeds Devil. These theories stem from a, a remodel done on the Commodore's house after his passing, where papers were found documenting the true nature of his visit to the Pine Barrens of New Jersey. While investigating large forges used for smelting metals, Commodore Decatur and his men spoke with many workers and found that almost everyone heard the ear-splitting screams, saw a strange and terrifying flying creature, or knew someone who had at least a handful of times. These people were scared, and it was very obvious to the Commodore. One night, when Commodore Decatur and his men were at their temporary residence, the creature crashed through the roof of the house and attacked the men. The Commodore (laughs) killed the creature with his sword after one of his men initially wounded it with a flintlock pistol. (laughs) According to George Dudding, in his Jersey Devil book, one member of his crew was killed in the altercation, a man by the name of Joseph Midland. Dr. James Killian was another member of the Commodore's crew, and according to the story, he performed a makeshift autopsy on the animal and found that it was pregnant. Also during the autopsy, Dr. Killian was unable to find any sexual appendages or organs. It was his belief that this creature reproduced asexually. In George Dudding's book, Jersey Devil, he states that the Ashbury Park Press newspaper printed an article sometime back about their local paranormal museum that had original signed documents from President Monroe that backed up the truth of his story. I was unable to verify this with Google. Unfortunately, but if I am ever in that neck of Jersey, I will have to go see it for myself. Another version of the Decatur story goes like this. The Commodore was test firing cannonballs at a facility when an unknown winged creature flew into the path of a cannonball that was just fired. To the naked eye of everyone around, it looked as if the cannonball made a direct hit with the creature. But instead, it went right through its body and the creature continued to fly as if nothing had happened. Now, either one of these could be true and both of them could be false. The facts are that in the the journals of the Commodore, he did claim to have seen the creature. Now, it is unclear exactly which story is true or if both of them are false. But he does claim to have seen the creature. And so the other names that were mentioned in the story, uh, their journals do as well. Uh, so it is believed that they did come across something. Now, whether it was the Jersey Devil or what was thought to be the Jersey Devil or something else is unclear. So what do you guys think of that story?
1: Point one, two. I think his uh, fellow squad mate died from a gunshot when he shot him.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think that this is a great way to cover up uh, murdering an insubordinate sailor or whoever uh, in an area or a time frame when people would believe anything you said because you're high ranking or because you quoted a legend be like, you know, he had to go. Everyone hated him. Be like, Oh, <laughs> the Jersey devil got him. And people were like, must be true. Let's, and then then more questions, then a book's written about it because they just won't shut up and get off it. They're like, well, what happened? He's like, oh, oh well, let me tell you this amazing story of uh, the Jersey Devil swooping in and killing this poor soul. Put some soul. wings on
1: that corpse over there and cut off its genitals.
3: <laughs> Jeez. I'm just All right. saying.
2: Cut off his
3: (laughs) jaw. Oh my
0: gosh. (laughs) Alright, next one. Joseph Bonaparte. During his younger years, Joseph Bonaparte was the king of Spain, while his more famous brother Napoleon Bonaparte was the king of France. In 1813, Joseph lost his throne and moved away to America, where he bought an 1800-acre piece of land in Bordertown, New Jersey, located in the Pine Barrens. On a snowy winter day, Joseph Bonaparte was hunting and trailing strange tracks in the snow when he got to a point where the tracks stopped and disappeared as if whatever had made them flow away. Almost immediately after he discovered the end of the trackway, a large creature with a horse's head, large wings, and skinny legs landed in front of him and began hissing at him. Joseph froze and failed to raise his rifle due to being unbearable. Un- able to move due to fear. The creature then began flying away with powerful gusts of wind coming from the flapping of its wings. At that point, he remembered to lift his rifle and shoot at the creature. Joseph Bonaparte went on to tell friends later that day that when he shot at the creature, the bullet went straight through it. So, the former king of Spain, what do you guys think?
1: Point one three. I'm going to give him like a a little bit lower than that. I'll say like 0.1. 1.1. Or wait, 0.1. That's way too much. That's above and beyond. 0.1. And the only reason I'm saying that, like, that is he was a king of Spain, right? So he wanted to be in the limelight again. So he just made up some bullshit. Yeah. But he was drinking away his, like, uh feelings right to the part where he's just like out drunk going to shoot stuff because that's the only thing that makes him happy anymore <laughs> <laughs> in 1825 that's like breakfast
0: right point 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 one one so he had a good breakfast of of rum and and whiskey and then he went out and shot at the
3: dream. shot at the thing that he thought the Jersey Devil was, yeah. I agree with the limelight. I've never heard of this person before in my life, but I've heard, heard, heard about Napoleon, um, which, uh, yeah, I can imagine if there's a, if there's some lore and legend out there that people like to hear about that, uh, you know, why not just make up some crazy story that no one can verify to kind of get his name in the book He's just like, he's just bitter. He's like, I'm taller than him. Like, why does everyone care <laughs> about him? You know, this. Average, apparently he wasn't even Napoleon wasn't even that short. He was just an yeah. average height, <laughs> but right. just like, like this, this, you know, short little person over here. So what if he's the king of France? You know, I'm the king of, of Spain, you know, it's right. Fuck him. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. For a few years, before and after 1840, there was a large uptick in livestock, pets, and children going missing, or being found killed, and their body parts thrown around. These scenes were commonly accompanied by strange large hoof prints. The nights were flooded and the sounds of screams and screeches, both of dying animals, people, and an unknown entity. Many people living in and near the Pine Barrens were terrified and did what they could to fortify their homes and businesses by religious and physical means. Stories of people shooting at the Leeds Devil became common, but a body was never discovered. The vast increase in terror eased up after 1842. Unfortunately, there is not much in the way of newspaper articles or official documents to back these claims. But the journals and diaries of the residents of that time were filled with some of the most brutally painted scenes in cryptozoology history. And that's true. I actually got to read through a couple of them. There was some pretty, pretty brutal scenes painted like this guy. Uh, he had like a, a goat or, or some kind of livestock animal and he, he walked out of his shed. Right. He described his house as not being more than a shed. And that his goats were his everything and how the entirety of the four goats he had, the innards were outards and were just spread across his entire, the area in front of his house. I don't even know if you can call it a front yard, but what would be his front yard was just painted in red and guts. Uh, Ew. Very brutal. Very, very, real
2: stuff. Do we have any stories, because supposedly the Jersey Devil is able to emit poison gas. Yes. Do we have any stories where he drops the giant fart bomb on people?
3: Nope. Well, that's unfortunate. So, this one I I take notice of, because your first thing that you want to think about is a uh, an animal attack of some kind, like a predator or something like that. The predators don't just kill and then spread body parts all over the place. They eat those things. You know, that's why when right. you clean an animal that you've you know hunted you especially if you're going to stay in that area you take its entrails and stuff that you pull out of it and you take it way away from your camp because coyotes bears uh various types of meat eating animals you know come inside and they they eat those things shoot squirrels sometimes eat meat like you just throw all that stuff way away from your areas because animals will come and eat it And animals don't generally just kill just to kill. They kill and then they eat whatever they killed. So this idea that it was like some predator that just came in there and killed all of his goats but left all of its body parts and all of its guts all over the place, it's kind of ridiculous to think about um, if you're thinking this is like a real account or a real story. Um, My question is if there's uh, large grazing animals over there like moose or elk in that sort of area because i would have to imagine that in the early stages of america that there was a lot of people that may have had excuse me that there was a lot of people that may have had um run-ins with wildlife like elk and possibly got gored to death if they're seeing large hoof prints I mean elk have some pretty big dang hooves in comparison to like deer moose have those hooves and the attitude that goes with it and they charge people and just run them down but it's just like you know what wildlife was in that area because I don't know if there's moose in in or that there used to be moose in that area I can't say for sure yes or no but you know yeah there definitely isn't
0: any more and I know there used to be elk in the Appalachians, but as if, I don't know if they were part of the Pine Barrens, though, I I, I can't see elk being in the Pine. I mean, I could be wrong. You, you, you could be right. I mean, shit, you're talking about the 1800s.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to. It's easy to sit here at a computer and say that, well, every single one of these stories is made up. If there was issues where people were being just gored, where animals were being gored, um, and just left there, then I can't see it being a predator because that doesn't make really m- much sense to me. If they're eating, they're eaten. um, you know, and usually they don't just leave pieces because when predators kill things, they store the, the kill because it's hard to get food, right? And they, they mm-hmm. will eat everything. You know, we've talked about it in other episodes and stuff, they'll eat bones and all kinds of stuff. Um, so, what that leads me to believe is that if there is actual accounts of things like that happening, then it would have to be with a non meat eating animal and The first thing I think of is large deer or you know large animals in the deer family that can be somewhat territorial depending on the circumstance and if a person were to just stumble upon them or a dog were just to stumble upon them or were be in their area um and there was a conflict that would make sense to me, and then that would go into like, oh my gosh, look at the size of these hoof marks. Well, I know about this urban legend of the Jersey Devil. Um, What about that? You know? Yeah, I don't know. Especially if there's some backwoods folk, and they're just like, yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm a uh, I'm with I'm with Jake on this one because.
2: You know the deer family that that is like the moose, and the moose show up. The moose have the attitude problem. You get hit with the moose knuckle, and that's it for
1: moose you. Knuckle. Oh, Jesus! All right.
2: <laughs> Don't worry, guys. We'll be done with that bullshit
0: soon.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, thank goodness. Right. Well, let's get into let's get into the rest of the 1800s. Um, the rest of the 1800s went actually by very uneventfully when it comes to the Jersey Devil. Uh, there were common sightings. All the way up to New York border, uh, as well as a few speckled outside the barrens. Uh, Once such sighting happened in 1893, when a train engineer uh, told of his train coming under attack by a creature. Uh, he said he was scared because the thing had the face of a monkey or an ape. When someone asked if he could have simply been mistaking a large owl, <laughs> I'm gonna try to do this the best I can in, in what you know the way it's spelled out because I, I literally posted this quote exactly how it was spelled in the book. The man said, That ain't no owl. That's the Leeds devil. Back again, sir, as you're living. (laughs) Oh, the mountain folk. (laughs) The the, The Jersey devil may not have been the center of attention in the 1800s, but another cryptozoological being was making its debut in the New World. In 1885, in Elizabeth, New Jersey, Springheeled Jack made its debut in the New World.
2: Who? He was on Jackie Chan Adventures.
0: Yep. First sighting of Springheeled Jack was back in 1837, and sightings were spotted all over the United Kingdom. Known for its ability to jump very high and run really fast, could this have been a case of missing identity? Were the people of Jersey really witnessing the first sightings of the major wave of the Jersey Devil? Or were they simply attaching a name of an urban legend they were already familiar with in spring Hill Jack to the likes of the Jersey Devil? spring Hill Jack and the Jersey Devil do share more than just abilities. They also share a few physical features, including bat-like wings and long skinny legs. Some of the Jersey Devil attacks were on livestock, but mostly... They were just visual encounters. For the most part, other than the story of a lighthouse that had a person visit from the Jersey Devil himself, the 1800s finished up without another major event. But that would change very quickly at the turn of the century. What do you guys think
1: about the Spring Jack? The invention of vodka. <laughs> but vodka was around forever, right? Just other alcohol. vaquila, With the invention of vaquila. Vodkila. Vodkila. Spring heel jack out.
2: is still kind of a cool yeah. story. The really urban myth, why spring heel jack is actually neat.
0: It is. I, I like the story of Spring Hill Jack. And I was completely unaware that the first sighting of Spring Heel Jack in America was in New Jersey around the same time as all these Jersey Devil sightings. Which I thought was really cool.
3: Spring Hill Jack? Healed. Yeah. Healed. Yeah, yeah dude, he's he, like
2: he if i remember right he's like a like a leprechaunish goblinny type guy with these big boots and they're like loaded with springs and he hops around and eat your kids and stuff. Oh jeez. Yeah,
0: he actually would make out with women too. He was a lady scripted. Jody. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, all right. Uh so let's get into 1909. This is the big one guys. You ready? So we'll do this. Uh, There's one week in 1909 that we'll spend most of our time on, and we'll do this day by day of the week, and we'll uh, talk about blood alcohol. Um, The year of 1909 would start off with a bang. Thousands of people experienced up close and personal sightings and encounters with the creature. The newspapers were flooded with stories of people's experiences with the Jersey Devil. Things got so bad that people refused to go to work Schools and factories shut down for almost an entire week, and nobody would leave their homes unless they had a gun with them. Cattle, horses, chickens, cats, and dogs were all found in the mornings, decapitated and dismembered with their entrails scattered around their bodies. Strange cloven hoof tracks appeared out of nowhere. Some even walked right up to houses, over their roofs, and reappeared 10 to 15 yards away from the house on the other side. Some of these trackways went on for miles. Others were found to just end, as if whatever made them just flew away. During this time, the Philadelphia Zoo offered $10,000 for the capture of the devil. Many people tried to win this prize, including men by the names of T.F. Hopkins and Norman Jeffries. They painted a kangaroo green and fixed fake wings to the creature and used it to try to win the money from the zoo. (laughs) 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 .08 the the week of January 16th through the 22nd of 1909 was the single largest collection of the Jersey Devil activity to be recorded and witnessed in history now I want you guys to pay attention Uh, remember the year of 1909 when we when we're all done with this episode and we're getting into like back end of it Uh, I have something that goes along with this that's very interesting Uh, all right so let's jump into the first day right Saturday January 16th 1909 James Sackville a Bristol Pennsylvania patrolman was patrolling the downtown area of Bristol when he witnessed a creature walk out of an alleyway and into the street he described the creature as having massive wings and walking the way of large birdwood Mr. Sackville took out his revolver and fired at the creature. In response, the creature took flight, flew over the Delaware River after letting out a horribly loud scream. How American of him. (laughs) Postmaster E.W. Minster came forward about his sighting that night as well. He claimed to have seen a very large, glowing creature making a horrible sound flying toward the Delaware River. Another man in Bristol that night also witnessed a creature hopping around behind his house. Fat Cousins of Woodbury, New Jersey, witnessed a creature with glowing eyes running faster than a car. Thack Felden of Gloucester City, New Jersey, investigated strange footprints in more than half a dozen lawns, and Miss Schindel claimed to have seen a creature that resembled a cow with wings. Sunday, January 17, 1909, a trackway showed up in the morning that went from Bristol, Pennsylvania to the Delaware River, and reappeared on the other side in Burlington, New Jersey, where the trackway continued under a very small and cramped areas, and even on top of houses and buildings. Monday, January 18th, 1909. Tracks were found in the Loudon family's yard, where it seemed that whatever left them ate the garbage out of their garbage cans, and investigators found evidence that whatever it was tried to get into the house. A posse was formed with police officers and residents of Burlington County to search the woods behind the Loudon house. The trackers with their dogs were the first to enter the forest and the rest were planned to follow shortly after. Soon after the dogs and their handlers entered the forest, all of the dogs freaked out and refused to go any further. Some even cowered with their tails between their legs and urinated. One of the dogs that did this was a very well-known tracking dog with the highest tenure in the county. After that, nobody from the posse was brave enough to enter the woods, and the search was called off. Tuesday, January 19th, 1909. Mr. and Mrs. Evans of Gloucester, New Jersey, woke to the sighting of a creature sitting on an outhouse outside of their window. They (coughs) described it as being three and a half feet tall with a horse's head, a long neck, and a set of wings that expanded past its body about two feet on each side, crane-like legs and hooved feet. They said that when it got up to walk, they were able to see its short arms that were ended in either paws or claws at the end. The creature was too far to see in enough detail in the paws or hands. Mr. Evans attempted to yell at the creature to get it to go away. The animal turned to look at him and let out an ear-splitting scream before running and hopping off the the outhouse and away from their home. Two local trackers by the names of Hank White, and Todd Hamilton, lent their help to the Evans and tracked the trackway for 20 miles before it disappeared. The two said that they were familiar with responding to people who have witnessed this creature. Wednesday, January 20th, 1909. A ton of sightings happened on this day. A police officer from Burlington, New Jersey, claimed to have seen the devil and claimed it had no teeth and glowing eyes. A posse looking for the Jersey devil in Collingswood, New Jersey, spotted the devil flying toward Morristown, New Jersey. Then, in Morristown, a man by the name of John Smith witnessed a creature at the Mount Carmel Cemetery. Also in Morristown, a man by the name of George Snyder also witnessed the Jersey Devil. Both Morristown men who saw the creature in two different locations reported the same physical features of a dog-like face, monkey-like arms and hands, and cloven feet, three feet tall and a long tail. A trolley car driver from Springside, New Jersey, by the name of Edward Davis, was driving a trolley load full of people when the creature scared them so much that after the encounter, Edward started carrying a pistol with him to work. Reverend John Purcell from Pemberton, New Jersey, also spotted the creature in a trackway showed up on the roof of a house in Riverside, New Jersey. Thursday, January 21, 1909. Farmers across from the Delaware River found many of their chickens decapitated. City Councilman of Trenton, New Jersey, E.P. Whedon, was awoken by a knock at his front door as he was getting out of bed, he heard the flapping of wings. He looked out of the window over his front door and saw hoof prints on his front porch. Uh, just so you guys know, this whole area was covered in snow at this time uh, for the whole week. Trolley cars were attacked in four different towns that night in Haddon Heights, Clementon, New Brunswick, and Trenton, New Jersey. Daniel Flynn of Crumlin Pennsylvania claimed to have seen the creature running down the middle of Chester Pike on its hind legs. William Wasso and RL Campbell witnessed the railroads between Clayton and Newfield, New Jersey explode due to the creature landing on the electrified middle track and its tail landing on the outside track. Miss White of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania was tending to her laundry in her backyard, when she noticed in the corner by the fence line there was something rummaging around. When she got closer to take a look, the creature stood up about six feet tall with alligator like skin and was breathing what she claimed to be fire from its mouth. She ran inside and fainted in front of her husband, and he ran outside and saw the creature and attempted to chase it off with a random item in his hand. According to him, he also claimed the creature was breathing fire. Soon after, A trolley driver almost collided with the creature, and guess what? According to him, the creature was also still breathing fire out of its mouth. Howard Campbell was checking a stretch of telegraph lines as the creature walked out of the woods towards him. He yelled for his co-workers, who were not far away, and one of them ended up shooting it in the wing. After that, the creature ran back into the woods and and out of sight. In West Collingswood, New Jersey, the creature was spotted sitting on top of a house. The authorities were notified and a crew of firefighters were went out to spray it with a hose. After hitting <laughs> the creature with a stream of water, it fell off of the roof and attacked the men. The creature was eventually scared off by onlookers throwing rocks and sticks at it. Uh, okay, here you go. CJ, you ready for it, bud? And Andrew, yep. you guys ready? Yep. This, is, this is the one. In Camden, New Jersey, Miss Sorbinsky heard what she thought was the sound of her dog crying in pain. She ran outside with a broom in hand. When she got outside, she saw the Jersey Devil was viciously attacking her dog. She attacked the creature with the broom and eventually was able to get it to release her dog. But the dog lost a large chunk of flesh in the process. The police showed up after a neighbor had heard the screams of the dog and the creature. By the time the police got there, almost 100 people were there standing around. Some helped Miss Verbinski as she was very shaken up. Soon after the cops arrived, a loud scream was heard coming from the nearby Kagan Hill. Everybody in the crowd heard it. The two cops ran over to the sound and both fired their sidearms at the creature before it blew away. A woman in Burlington, New Jersey was almost attacked by the creature after she saw it behind her house through her window. The creature began to pounce at her as she slammed the window shut. The next morning, the authorities documented very strange footprints outside of her house that seemed to match her story perfectly. I think this is, yep. And for the last day of this week, on Friday, January 22nd, 1909, the creature was seen drinking from a horse trough by a police officer in Camden, New Jersey. It was also spotted in Mount Holly and Salem, New Jersey, by two separate witnesses. In Pennsylvania, two men were parking their wagon into their barn when the creature landed on the back of the wagon. The men ran out of the barn, shut the doors, and attempted to lock the creature or look at the creature through the holes in the wall, but the creature seemed to have escaped somehow. Two young girls saw a quote unquote demon. Get out of a boxcar at the train tracks in Chester, Pennsylvania. And the chief of police in Woodbury, New Jersey, also claimed to have seen the creature. The sketch that he drew was published in the paper and was verified to be the same creature many others saw during this
2: devil-filled week. What do you think, guys? I'm loving the fire truck response. There's a demon on the roof. Get the fire truck. Put the rosary on the fire hydrant. We got this. <laughs> Spray with the hose. <laughs> and no many patriots spirit song,
1: it. oh well here that's a good I question like Jake
3: how long does it take to make holy water I don't know I'm not a priest or a pastor I have no idea I don't even know if there's any any such thing as holy water dang <laughs> that sounds about as made up as the devil having hoofed uh, having cloven hooves or whatever yeah has he got clothes
0: <laughs> cloven hooves because he's
2: edgy Rabbits like cloves.
3: Are we talking about cloves, or are we talking about I, cloves? Was a joke? Are we talking about cloves or clothing? Well, I mean, there's a bunch of different types of cloves. But
0: any other productive uh, things to say about this week?
2: Was there like a festival or something going
0: on? No, it was just a normal week in the life of the Jersey Devil or New Jersey, I guess at the time. I
3: don't know. I think it's more credible than a bunch of hill folk in the in the woods talking about like this legend yeah so i think that it might have been something you know something i don't know there
0: right and just remember uh 1909 continues a little bit more uh i got a couple more things from 1909 um but the that week that's a hell of a lot of shit to just say nothing
2: happened that's a lot you know what oh, yeah. those stories uh all really sound like what's that they sound like uh, chupacabra stories. Yeah, like they, if, you, know if they. you just changed Jersey Devil to chupacabra in every single one of those stories, people have been like, "I didn't know the chupacabra is all the way over there." Yeah, it,
0: it is. It's it is very similar. Um, that was an avenue I did not go down with this with this uh, a- episode, but i I thought about it at one point because I. Do bring up another cryptid, and I also brought up um, Spring Hill Jack, but I and I will talk about another one here soon or at the end of the episode. Um, And I was going to talk about the chupacabra, but I I just I was like, all right, this is too much, so I had to draw the line somewhere. But I maybe they're
2: seeing maybe they're seeing the chupa, and they all got a point zero eight from all that whiskey they drink. (laughs) Oh, jeez, nice.
0: All right, so if you guys have nothing else to say about that week, I'll go ahead and move on. We good? Good. Mm-hmm. This is in May 7th, 1909. Captain Dottie was getting ready to return to shore with the load of the day when he was attacked by from above by a winged demon. He claimed to have fought it with some random stuff found on the deck of the boat and he eventually knocked it out and tied it up. Uh, then he brought it back to his house where he kept it in a cage. There are no photos of the creature, but many went on record saying that they saw it at his house and that it easily stood over five feet tall. Most said it was the Jersey Devil, all right, but some said it was a giant bird of some kind looking similar to a crane. In October 1909, the Ashbury Press reported that two men found a dead animal in the woods of Burlington, New Jersey and brought it to a handful of people who examined the creature. Being only 20 inches in length, but very, very strange looking. Many thought it very well could have been the offspring
3: of the Jersey Devil. So what do you guys think? Five feet high is not tall. And people said it looked like a crane. Jeez. (laughs) It's the Jersey Devil, I'm telling you. And then people were like, that's a very well-known bird. So that's the thing is like this guy was
0: a captain of a fishing ship. You would have to think that this guy would know uh what a crane or an egret or a stork or whatever kind of bird
3: it could possibly be. What was his BAC? It's the Jersey Devil, and you're like, that's a that's a pelican, it's the Jersey Devil. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's a he's a seaman. It's uh probably a solid point one at all times.
0: Yeah. I mean, he wakes up in the middle of the night and was like, oh man, my blood alcohol level's low. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh i get God. this back up. <laughs> Jake slacking. and I can say this. We can say this. Yeah. You can't.
1: Yeah. You oh, can't really? Is yeah,
2: that no. what you think?
1: am not <laughs> allowed to be part of Special Club.
2: Can <laughs> and shouldn't are two very different No, things. it's fine.
0: Everyone... Makes fun of sailors for being drunk all the time. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: (laughs) We're drinkers with a sailing problem. Yes. We love sailing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's start talking about everything after 1909. There were almost no more sightings of the creature after 1909 until nine years later in 1918. And even in 1918, there were only a handful of minor sightings. But In 1927, a taxi driver fell victim to a flat tire in Jersey Devil Territory near Salem, New Jersey. He got out of his taxi and replaced the tire with a spare. As he was finishing up and getting ready to lower the car off the jack, his car began shaking. He stood up to see what was going on and came face to face with a tall winged creature standing on his taxi. The man jumped in his car, sped off to the Salem police station to report what he had seen. When the police got to the location, there was no sign of the creature, but his jack, old tire, and wheel wrench were still there. Go ahead, guys. Give give me a blood alcohol level for that guy.
2: Let's say let's just put it this way Mad would not be okay with that man. I don't get it. Mother's no, against it. drunk driving, your children are in school.
3: Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, It's a really is it every nine year increments? Is it is there like some uh like it goes deep underground for hibernation and every nine years it comes out? Like, what is that? Jeepers, Creepers, or something? I was just about to say that
0: Jeepers, Creepers, yeah, but that yeah, but it's the Jersey Devil instead. (laughs) It it was just this span though, it doesn't really follow that. (laughs) Mothman's kind of got a
2: thing for leaping on top of cars, too. It does. I can't wait to do a Mothman episode
0: so. From 1920 to 1933, Prohibition was taking place, and the moonshine business was growing fast. Moonshiners thought the barons would make a great place for their stills. They were empty, and they had the Jersey Devil to keep curious people and the law out of their hair. That wasn't such a good idea. The moonshiners left the woods almost as soon as they set up shop, oftentimes leaving very expensive setups without ever going back for them finding old prohibition stills is still a thing to this day the stories of the devil killing men stalking the shadows and screaming in the night spread like wildfire through the communities surrounding the pine barrens in 1930 near leeds point new jersey a few berry pickers saw the creature eating blueberries and cranberries as it waded through the swampy waters i don't know too much about the diet of the Jersey devil but this sounds pretty squatchy to me in particular. In 1935 and 1936, the town of Woodstown, New Jersey witnessed loud screams on a regular basis coming from the woods. Almost everyone in town heard the sounds a few times a week and it never stopped, no matter the weather season or time of day. The next big event in Jersey devil history happened in 1945 immediately following world war ii fort dix near trenton new jersey came under attack by a creature that destroyed many tents and other structures on the military installation the jersey devil was blamed for the destruction in 1951 a handful of children witnessed the creature at close range and a few adults saw the event happen from afar a 10 year old boy collapsed from the sighting that took place outside of the Dupont club clubhouse. After the event, the town of Gibbstown, New Jersey formed a posse to hunt the creature after a few other children throughout the town claimed to have seen a flying hairy monster that screamed at them. Later that year, the same town suffered two straight days of a killing spree brought on by the Jersey devil in which domesticated pets and animals were found mutilated throughout the town. Many animals were found in strange places that there was no possible way for them to get to you on their own. This two-day killing spree is now famously known as the Invasion of Gibbsboro. Now, let's talk about the Invasion of Gibbsboro. You can actually look this up. There are newspaper articles about this and some really, really interesting sightings. I, I just picked a little bit and kind of generalized it here and didn't give any very specific stuff uh, but this is something that maybe we can even dive into one day as a separate uh, infinite rabbit hole episode
3: thoughts feelings okay. concerns sounds good kids Gibbs. <laughs> Gibbs bro borough
2: I have no opinion I got fired
3: you quit yeah <laughs> Take pity on me, guys. I got fired. Man, everyone knows you quit. (laughs) Do
0: you guys have anything else to say about anything else before I get going? The stories are
1: getting more credible. I agree. I agree. Yeah, but like, is it staying consistent? That was the thing that CJ always... I agreed on him. If the thing looked consistent, like if it looked the same or it had the same features, when it started doing like different things, like...
3: I gotta think about legends and lore and strailing trailing away from the truth in order to add excitement to a story or an account uh as as things get more credible like let's say uh bigfoot for example um i found a cool footprint when i was out camping this last weekend it was pretty sweet um you know i could embellish it and talk about how i saw the beast and all this sort of stuff but i couldn't get my camera out or i could just tell what really happened um you know there's pictures and stuff whether they're blurry or not or they're real or not whatever um but we're getting more as the science continue into the age here where it's like more likely that there'd be photographic evidence or something like that versus when it was just what you said and the picture that you drew of it and you could make it as crazy as you want to or not. Like, let's just say for argument, this is a real creature, right? A real cryptid, um, or a real animal that's say, like we have a platypus that has a duck bill lays eggs, but it's a mammal, you know, all these sorts of things. And it's just like this wacky sort of animal that we have. Let's say it's something like that, but it's bigger. Um, I don't know. I think that as we kind of progress through the ages, we might get a little bit different of a story or what it actually looks like because people could actually find this thing and take pictures of it and stuff versus when you're just going by word of mouth that you could embellish it. Does that make any sense? Or am I just kind of?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's also around? human nature to sometimes embellish when we think a story isn't exciting enough or doesn't provide that kind of sure. entertainment for the reactions you're looking for. I don't know. I get it. So like it makes sense, and like plus like the description. If we look at like the week of its little rampage back in the early 1900s, to then like we had like a sort of similar thing, and then it turned into a crane, and then it came back to another thing, and then it looked like a Sasquatch eating berries. Like, <laughs> are we just are we just seeing shit and calling it the Jersey Devil? Like, is that it was like the Jersey right. Devil really like the name of something, or is this just a title we're slinging around to anything we don't recognize in New Jersey? Mm. That's
0: literally one of the things I wanted to point out at the end. And we'll talk about it a little bit more, but you are really on the track of what I was going to get to here, CJ. I like that. All right. Ready to move on? We'll do the back half of the 1900s real quick. Ready. All right. So in 1957, a burned down area of the Pine Barrens uncovered a huge corpse that consisted of a strange bone formation and feathers. Local conservationists believed that it was the charred body of the Jersey devil. They were either wrong or it was one of at least two Jersey devils because sightings of the creature continued almost immediately. May's Landing, New Jersey, 1960. Screams and tracks began showing up all over the place. A monster hunters committee was created by a private citizen Group, and signs were posted all over town from the police department claiming that the creature was fake. So now you're starting to see there's a, there's this uprising of the civilians and the police department that's like, dude, we need to calm this shit down. We don't want to deal with this crap. Uh, so local business owners pulled together $10,000 for anyone who could capture the creature alive. If they were successful, the town would cage it and put it on display to attempt to earn tourism money other rewards were also announced to $100,000 by a circus. Uh, I couldn't find the name of it. And $500 <laughs> by a guy who believed the Jersey devil was a bat. <laughs> 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 Just some random dude. <laughs> in 1961, two couples parked on a dark, lonely stretch of road in the Pine Barrens. Cause you know, I mean, that's what teens do, right? Hey! The sounds of screaming and screeching flooded the area around the cars and the people inside started to get ready to drive away. Out of what seemed like nowhere, something crashed through the roof of the car. The people got out of the car and ran into the woods. After a short wait, they returned to the creature still flying through the air along the tree line, but this time... They were able to get into the vehicle and drive away unharmed. 1963, in Atlantic County, New Jersey, five men were hunting when they came across eleven-inch footprints of an unknown creature. None of them saw the creature, but they told of the horrible screams that they said that they will never forget. In 1966, a farm was viciously attacked. The farmer found a total of forty dead animals on his property including mostly ducks and geese, but his family German Shepherd had also met its demise that night as well, as well as two other dogs. Conservationists found many very large footprints around the farm and the property, but were unable to track the animal down. Also in 1966, in Edison, New Jersey, a couple witnessed a flying creature that seemed to glow in the dark. In 1969, a man was driving down a road in Sweetwater, New Jersey, when the creature ran in front of his headlights. This became a common story that a lot of people told. The 1970s continued with more terror from the Jersey Devil. In 1971, a child was attacked by what he described as a flying monster. In 1972, a woman witnessed a large figure crossing the road behind her vehicle she was certain it was the Jersey devil in 1973, a group of college students were having lunch on the hood of a car when a large black creature took flight directly above them. The draft from the wings flapping was so strong that food and paper plates flew off the vehicle onto the ground. Everyone was able to describe a large black creature with glowing red eyes. In 1974, an unknown creature followed a group of canoers as they paddled down Cedar Creek in the Pine Barrens. Nobody in the group was able to get a good view of this stalker, but footfalls, broken bushes, and screeches were heard with ease. In 1977, a woman was driving in Penns Grove, New Jersey, when a creature flew at her car and grabbed onto the handle of the door and attempted to open the door. Her first reaction was to accelerate as fast as she could, and the creature kept up with the car, even going as
2: fast as 60 miles per hour. This is a Mothman story. Like, this is almost word for word a Mothman story.
0: I know, but this one happened in in, uh, Penn's Grove, New Jersey. I know exactly which one you're talking about, too. Um, I wanted to stop my research then and look for that story that you're talking about and seeing if it's the same time frame and whatnot, but I never did. That is something I do want to look into, though. Uh, She claimed that the creature flew away while it was keeping up with her. Um, Also in 1977, a woman from Vincetown, New Jersey, witnessed the creature land in her front yard on two occasions. The first time, she only recognized the legs, which she said looked like those of a deer and the large wings. The second time, she mentioned that it had a horse's head and two horns bent backwards like a ram's. In 1978 and 1979 were full of sounds from from the woods. And on one occasion in 1978, a young boy said that there was a horse at his window with its hands on the glass while he was trying to sleep. The boy's father immediately looked outside and found no evidence that anything was outside the boy's bedroom window. That's creepy. A little bit. That's a little creepy, dude. My if my son said that, Uh, like, come on, buddy, you're gonna come sleep with daddy tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Daddy's daddy's not fucking around with this one. Not today, Satan. Um, All right. In 1980, Alan McFarland found four of his pigs outside of their pens with the back of their heads cracked open and the inside of their heads eaten out. The Jersey Devil was the official blame for the killing of these animals. After their bodies were discovered, with claw marks all over them as well. In 1981, a small group of people saw the creature in the same woods that a group of five hunters heard the screams and found large tracks in 1963. In 19, which I did refer to, if you go back, read 1963. I, I referred to that case in 1987 in Vineland, New Jersey. The dead body of a full-grown German Shepherd was found torn from its chain and mutilated with strange hoof prints in the ground all around the body. This too was blamed on the Jersey Devil. 1988, a man reported seeing a creature to the Ashbury Press that was six feet tall, covered with hair, and had three toed footprints. Again, this one, this one sounds a little swatchy to me. Um, also in 1988, a few guys were camping in the pine barrens one morning they woke up and got back on their motorbikes, but their engines uh wouldn't start after discovering the issue with their bikes they all heard a very loud scream in the woods almost right after the scream all the bikes started up and the guys drove out of the area to a local bar with no plans to return after they told their story at the bar the bartender walked the guys out back and showed them the trash cans that were all dented up with very large tears all over them. He then mentioned that he believed it was the work of the Jersey Devil.
2: The Jersey Devil can fix your engines with a scream.
0: My, he was talking about the the cans, the, his his cans.
2: No, 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 like like they said like so the the guys in the motorcycles their motorcycles broke down. They heard a scream and then they started up.
0: Yeah, I I'm just reporting, homie.
2: That's the best mechanic
0: <laughs> ever. Yeah, bro. Sign him up. In 1990, a group of soldiers at Fort Dix, or here we go, Fort Dix again, were conducting a <laughs> training exercise when they spotted a creature that they all believed to match the description of the Jersey Devil. In the early 90s, a small group of young women were camping in an undisclosed location of the Pine Barrens when one night they were awakened by the sound of footsteps and huffs coming from outside their tent. One of the ladies moved the tent's flap covering a screen and one of the others screamed at the sight of a tall creature walking around their camp on two very skinny legs and hair all over its body. In a reaction to the scream, the creature spread large wings and flew away after screaming back itself.
2: (laughs) I can do it better. Uh, He was out for his morning walk, and they just started, like, yelling at him. He's like, what the
0: fuck? Damn, I just can't enjoy nothing. (laughs) John Irwin, a forest ranger, had an encounter in 1983. He was driving along a road near Malika River in New Jersey when he spotted a tall, black, hairy creature with horns on its head in the middle of the road. The creature turned to look at the car and ran off the road to the right. The strangeness about this particular sighting was that the witness reported that it had a deer-like head with glowing red eyes. This kind of sounds like Sheep Squatch
2: to me. Yeah, a little bit. A
0: little bit, right?
2: Except the only sighting of Sheep Squatch was, like the main sighting was a soldier who was tripping on mushrooms and then just people bandwagon jumping because they couldn't get it right.
0: Sheep Squatch is also uh, described as being Whiteford uh, instead of uh, Blackford.
2: Could have been dirty. Could have been.
0: To round up the 90s or the 1900s in general, in 1995, Sue Dupree was driving near Pompton Lakes, New Jersey, when she also witnessed a creature crossing a road, but this time it was hopping, and just, she described it as having an armadillo-like face. Hmm. Huh. So, what do we got to say about the 90s? Or 1900s? 90s. Keep saying the 90s. 1900s, guys. What do you guys think?
2: There was a lot of alcohol going on earlier on. Heroin was legal across the counter at your pharmacy. Shockingly, you could buy a Tommy gun in the same location.
0: (laughs) I'll take some Tylenol in this gun.
2: There was some crazy shit going on. There were a lot of bootleggers in those woods. What do you think, Jake?
3: It's definitely all over the place.
1: It is all over the place.
3: Andrew, what do you think, man?
1: Yeah, I mean, consistency is not a thing. Like, that's a... It is, I agree with um, Jake on that it is just... Randomly all over the place.
3: Oh, I was going to say that I agree with CJ that they're just saying something they don't uh, they don't know what it is or it's mistaken identity and they're just saying it's uh the Jersey Devil at this point. It's like when you're sick with some random like illness and you do a WebMD search and there's so many like symptoms that it could be anything and sometimes it's brain cancer and you're like oh shoot i've got brain cancer this is there's so many different things now attributed to the jersey devil that literally my big giant dog could be the jersey devil right because he's got fur (laughs) you know (laughs) like that's you know oh it's tall tall skinny legs and and furry and it had big wings and all kinds of stuff. And it maybe it looks like a stork sometimes. And sometimes it looks like the sheep squatch. And even other times it's the uh the Bigfoot. Like it's literally everything now. Yeah. Could be the Jersey Devil if you just attribute one of its characteristics to it.
2: Yeah. CJ, what do you got? I'm pretty sure it's wedgie. Oh jeez. Right. Puck Wedgie, it just shapeshifts, does whatever it wants, turns into a human, goes Jersey Devil. And everyone's like, You're correct.
3: <laughs>
2: it's the wild hoodle
3: doodle. <laughs> doodle, doodle. <laughs> doodle, doodle.
2: That's totally a Puck Wedgie move, too. Like, they yeah. would do that.
0: Hmm. All right. When we're done with the sightings, give us a little history on the Puck Wedgie.
2: I don't want to. I don't want to talk about Puck Wedgie stuff. Okay. Well, let's get into 2000. You guys ready? I was hoping that one would get a chuckle out of Jake. It didn't work.
3: Ha, ha, ha I'm ready <laughs> very well that's my actual laugh you guys thought that I was laughing this whole time That's it. Ha, 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 ha. I just don't do it because people think I'm making it up yeah <laughs> all right
0: August 31st 2001 a woman was getting ready to back out of her driveway when her attention was drawn to the tree line on a property Behind one of the trees, there was a large head with a large snout poking out of the side of it and a wing that was folded up behind it. The lady reversed out of her driveway and went to look for it again, but it was gone.
2: It was pooping.
0: Probably. In January 2004, Lori Winkleman and her son were attacked by a flying creature outside of their home. After running inside of their house, they heard the creature land on the roof with very heavy footfalls. The next day, her husband Glenn checked the roof and there were hoof like prints in the deep snow. There was no evidence that they were put there as a prank, as the prints had very little disturbed snow around them. These prints were featured on the show Monster Quest on their episode of the Jersey Devil. These are very interesting uh, prints. Uh, I can find a picture of it and share it with you guys later but uh, this is an interesting one. One of the, the common theories is that it was a rabbit or a squirrel up there and it was hopping right and it was just doing a zigzag motion to to, to make it like a walking motion but it, it really didn't look like that. This looked like something was on top of the, the roof the, the prints were too small to be a human footprint. The stride was too long to be like a child's stride uh this is a very interesting piece of evidence uh definitely anybody listening to this go ahead and check out the jersey devil episode of monster quests and you'll see some very interesting stuff
2: so with the when they talked about the hoof prints on the ground did they talk about the hoof prints on the roof was any snow slid off the roof did anybody talk about the roof at all because like are there any photos like why would they take photos of the ground if they and not the roof
0: oh they did that's what i'm talking about the the pictures that they took were of the roof Very, very cool stuff, dude. Um, All right. November 2004, two brothers were hiking deep in the Pine Barrens when they saw a creature in the path ahead of them. Both brothers claim that the creature was grayish brown, hooves, wings and a horse's head and horns on top of its head. They ran away when the attention of the creature was casted in another direction that the brothers think was a deer running away in wharton state park a part of the pine barrens in 2007 two men were hiking when they witnessed a creature cross the path in front of them the only things they were sure of about the physical description of the creature was that it was tall black had large wings on its back and seemed to have an elongated face also in 2007 a man driving to his home in mount laurel new jersey claimed to have seen a creature that he described as looking like a gargoyle sitting in a tree along the road. In January of 2008, in Eldora, New Jersey, in Litchfield, Pennsylvania, only two days apart, two men witnessed the creature in what looked like it attempting to abduct or eat some of their livestock. The man in Eldora saw the creature perched on his chicken house when his cell phone rang and scared it off. The man in Litchfield witnessed it walking out of its barn. In January 2009, near Parsippany, New Jersey, on I-80, a man witnessed an all-black creature run across the highway in front of his car. The description he gave was that it was all black, had a long neck, and a long tail. Ashbury Park, New Jersey, 2011. Driving back from a local festival, three occupants of a car witnessed a bipedal creature run in front of their headlights the only thing that any witness could say about the creature was that it had long legs and black hair or fur a couple drove into the pine barrens in 2015 to test a new firearm that they had just acquired after hiking into the woods a few yards off the road a couple shot off a few rounds In response to the sound of the gun, something flew overhead. Whatever it was, it was so loud that the couple ran back to their car to grab the woman's cell phone. She could not find the phone in the place that she had left it in the car. So she started to look on the ground underneath the car. The man did the same thing on the passenger side. As the couple looked under the car Something crashed into the side of the vehicle. It was her phone. And now it was in pieces. They both jumped into the car and sped off. They were driving fast enough that they had gotten pulled over soon after leaving the area. The couple told their story to the police officer and showed him the phone. The police officer believed them and told him that a story similar to theirs, but it was one that happened to him. They were let go of the warning but they do believe that they were stalked and threatened by the Jersey Devil that day.
2: Come on, so now the Jersey Devil's a mafioso? That's all I got, man. That's that's it. That's all I got. He's like, take your shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You want to call the nine on me? <laughs> do it now. <laughs> Fuck out my hood. Like,
0: this is my wood hood. hood. Wood hood. <laughs> my wood hood. So. Uh, before I get into this one last
2: shorter section that I have here, uh, what do you guys think? I'm thinking a lot of it's nonsense. I'm going to be real honest with you. The only one I'm like inclined to believe is the footprints on the roof story. That was a really good one.
1: What do you think, Andrew? Um, I don't believe in
3: any of it. <laughs> what about you, Jake? I like the footprints on the roof. I think that the people driving down the road and stuff just came up with a really good story for the reason why they were pulled over speeding and the cop was dumb enough to believe it <laughs> nice oh but look at my broken phone okay well here's your ticket <laughs> do you know how many times i've seen a man break
2: a woman's phone when they're having an argument or the other way around you know, that too yeah
0: all right so uh one other little piece i have for you guys ready 200 miles west of Leeds Point, New Jersey, another cryptid was terrorizing the skies of Frederick County, Maryland. Now, remember when I said earlier, or actually in the first episode, pay attention. Actually, it wasn't in the first episode. It was in this episode. Pay attention to 1909. Very
2: important here. You should have told us to pay attention a while ago. Shut up, CJ. (laughs) (laughs) You're almost out of here, man. <laughs> <laughs> See, I got fired.
0: <laughs> the Snallygaster is described as half reptile, half bird, with a metallic beak lined with razor sharp teeth, occasionally with octopus like tentacles. But similar physical structures are found between the Snallygaster and the Jersey Devil as well. Physical features such as standing bipedally, bat like wings, a blood curdling scream, long and skinny legs, and a whip-like tail. But the similarities don't stop there. The Snallygaster is said to have been born in 1735, the same year as the Leeds Devil. And the most famous year of sightings and terror brought on by the Snallygaster was in 1909, the same year as the week of terror that the Jersey Devil created in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. Is the Snallygaster the same creature as the Jersey Devil? closely related cousins or even siblings or are their similarities just coincidences stick around infinite rabbit hole. will be diving into the legend of the Snelling gaster in an episode to come, but before we sign off for the day, let's talk about what do we think? What do we think this was? Let me ask you guys a question. Were people seeing something? And if so, what do you think they saw?
2: People were seeing a lot of things.
3: Hallucinations. Do you think it was all hallucinations? Yes, and whatever they wanted to see. You think so?
2: I'm actually on I'm on board with that. That sounds like a valid uh, explanation there.
0: So I'm I'm gonna take this one first. Uh maybe you get, get some jogging going with you guys here. I think that this is a mixture of Bigfoot sightings. Mm-hmm possibly Thunderbird or pterodactyl sightings Mm. and a whole bunch of bullshit. (laughs) I agree. Um, I do believe that there was some stuff seen. Uh, Most of this is case of missing identity. I think that there were, you know, there's a huge, huge, huge push for the Jersey devil being a sandhill crane um, because the sandhill cranes used to thrive in the, the, the Pine Barrens. I can see that. I can definitely see that, especially with the hopping. I mean, I'm not sure if sandhill cranes will hop, but I know a lot of birds that run, uh, they do hopping. Um, Possibly also the thin legs, the three toes, the large wingspan, the long skinny neck with the elongated face. Sounds like it could be a crane. So I think that there was a lot of things seen here and... None of it was actually the Jersey Devil. Um, Personally, I do not believe in the Jersey Devil, although it is one of my absolute favorite urban legends and cryptids. Um, But that's mostly because of the historical value and how awesome the story is. It's a great story. Um, The people, ooh, I got thunder going on. The people who are obsessed with the Jersey Devil are very passionate people. Um, they have a lot of interest in, in the matter and uh, I am very happy that I took the time to really dive into this and really polish off my thoughts about the Jersey Devil and all the encounters and I'm going to leave it with, I think this was a mixture of Bigfoot, uh, a flying type cryptid, whether that be a Thunderbird or a flying humanoid, which will dive into later on so i don't want to dive too much into that a crane
1: and nothing what do you guys think i like that i agree with the combination because it does sound like uh and cj called it out too like a lot of this stuff was basically bits and pieces like hey that story looks sounds cool why don't i use it for the jersey devil
0: Ooh, you guys hear that thunder Oh yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. How cool is that?
0: This is a perfect time for this to, to start too. This is great. It was was well, the Jersey be.
2: Devil was coming down. You talking shit, <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> but no, I absolutely agree with CJ. Um, it is very strange that no matter what they saw, it all was the Jersey Devil. No matter what it was, it was Jersey Devil. That just goes to show you how deep or how serious the people in this area took this piece of lore this was a very serious situation for them
3: yeah that's true
1: for sure don't know jake has spoken (laughs) we better end this episode before your power gets knocked out or something
2: all right well
0: cj it's been been fun man yeah uh i really want to say thank you I'm sad to see you go but i'm um i'm happy i'm um, wait he's happy I, to see you go he said it. i love but i love to watch you leave there it is <laughs> there it is Talk about that butt <laughs> clap, um, clap clap <laughs> um but no seriously cj it's been great man thank you very much for helping me get to the the one year mark of this podcast Uh, the podcast would not be what it is today
1: without you thank you very much I appreciate you I feel like I've been a very negative influence upon uh, you Jeremy (laughs) you you speak more (laughs) speak more about the the worship of the booty Uh, but yeah CJ it's always been fun working with you best of luck uh, in your future endeavors Uh, I mean like I'm not going to we'll still talk obviously you can literally come to my house andrew yeah i am going to yeah me too <laughs> yeah
0: me too i'm just gonna drive there and I'm, yeah. I'm not gonna i'm not going to announce when i'm coming
2: you will be i i've literally sat looking at people who can see me seeing them but did not answer the door because <laughs> i didn't know they were coming Just and stared
0: at them That'll be the first infinite rabbit hole TikTok. We'll go knock on, on CJ's
2: door. And you just see me sitting there awkward, just looking out the window at you. Fucking... <laughs> but uh, I'd like to say uh, to to our fan that wrote in that email, Kenzar, you said you wanted to hear me run my mouth, and I did that for you both episodes. So that's how I'm responding to that email. So let me ask you, CJ, if we do get Kenzar on for
0: an episode to guess, will you come back for one episode?
2: Possibly, if it's not going to take five hours to record. Uh, oh geez no promises yeah i know what working with you is like
0: (laughs) i'm an asshole (laughs) yes uh does
3: anybody have anything else to put out before we sign out? nope i think it was a good episode it was definitely a good a good second try i think (laughs) i think you nailed it good job
0: good thank you because it took me forever all right Thank you for sticking with us for the last year of strangeness, curiosities, sideshows, and mysteries. The subject of the Jersey devil is special to us here at infinite rabbit hole. The history of the show could have taken a much different path. If we had moved forward with presenting JD as our first effort topic, as it was planned, but the infinite rabbit hole presented us different paths as it always does. And we were given the time to present the topic with the respect and effort it deserved. With that, I'd like to say, the past year has been great. In fact, one of my most memorable in my life. I love this project, the subjects, the team that I work with, and especially those that lend me your time to travel through the world that I love so much. When Jake and I first started this project, we were daydreaming about 100 plays from our closest friends and families in the span of three to six months. But since the release of our very first episode where we introduced ourselves to the world, the Infinite Rabbit Hole podcast has earned just over 8,000 listens and over 12,000 hours of your time. Our minds are blown. I cannot say this enough. Thank you. Your efforts mean so much to us. The future of the show is going to be wild as we unlock more of the answers and mysteries of the world. Season 4 is looking to be the best season yet. So come with us as we dive back into the infinite rabbit hole and discover the likes of mysterious creatures, alien beings, poltergeists, and a few other curiosities that will make you want to scratch your head from the inside. From myself and everyone here at Infinite Rabbit Hole, we formally invite you back on September 24th for the season four premiere of the podcast. Until then, stay safe and we'll see you next time in the infinite rabbit hole. Hey everyone. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Infinite Rabbit Hole. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so at infiniterabbithole@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Follow us at facebook.com forward slash infiniterabbithole. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash infiniterh. Follow us on Instagram at infinite underscore rabbit underscore hole. We're always looking for someone that has a story to share. So if you feel like you've experienced a strange encounter with something that you can't explain... Reach out to us. Let us know. Come on, have a good time, tell your story. And if for some reason you don't want to show up on a podcast, send us a letter in our email in a format that we can read to the fans, and we'll be more than happy to read it to everybody. Well, that's all for this episode. We'll see you next time down the Infinite Rabbit Hole.